Well, if you look back a year ago from now, we were starting to really talk about Omicron, right? Omicron really took over as the predominant COVID strain, and it caused a lot of sickness. It caused a lot of problems for the healthcare system. Uh, in fact, almost everyone I know got COVID at some point in the early part of last year. Well, now there's a new one out there, a new variant that is caused for a certain amount of concern. We wanted to know more about it. It's really spreading quickly in the U.S. It's called XBB 1.5. It's a descendant of Omicron, a close relative of the XBB variant, which spread uh, quickly in Singapore and India this past fall. Uh, There was a study in a journal called Cell that showed that XBB is better at evading immune defenses that we've gained from vaccines and prior infection compared to some other variants. So it raises the risk of reinfection. WHO has also warned um, that XBB does not appear to cause, uh, oh, sorry, did warn in October that uh, of this, and it, but it did say that it does not appear to cause more severe disease than previous strains. So what exactly is it, XBB 1.5? You may have seen it mentioned as the Kraken variant online. We're trying to not use that term because it's not official. It wasn't it was created by somebody on Twitter, so we're just going to call it XBB 1.5 for now. And joining me with more on it is Dr. Isaac Bogosh. He's an infectious disease specialist at Toronto General Hospital. Thanks for your time tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Happy to chat. Well, uh, it wouldn't be a new year if we weren't talking about a new variant. Um, what is this latest one we're dealing with? And it seems to have really started spreading in the U.S. Yeah, this is the XBB 1.5 rolls off the tongue unfortunately not as easily as we'd like but yeah it's it's under the omicron umbrella so we've seen various sublineages of omicron before this is yet another one and it just seems to be out competing the other sublineages this sort of alphabet soup that we have of variants right now so yeah i think we'll see more of it in canada we definitely have it here it's in well over 30 countries around the world and certainly it does seem to be expanding and taking over likely to become the dominant variant in the United States and elsewhere on the planet. What are the concerns about it? Because I've been reading a bit about vaccine efficacy versus it, um, its ability to spread. I guess it is it is a fight between these variants to become the dominant one and the ones that adapt best to the protective measures out there are the ones that uh, that thrive. Right. I mean, what basically what this one does is it has an ability to evade some of the protective immunity that we've gained along the way. And uh, it seems like it's pretty, uh, pretty efficient in infecting people. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we've already seen something like this happen twice before. If you remember this time last year, we were in the midst of a huge Omicron wave, the first one that was the BA1 Omicron wave. But after that, we had two other Omicron waves in Canada, a BA2 wave and a BA5 wave. Both of those waves rather large in the community, but they didn't have nearly the same impact uh, on the healthcare system as that initial first wave we had this time last year. And the reason for that is because, number one, so many Canadians are vaccinated. And number two, uh, so many Canadians had been infected and recovered from infection. So we have what we call hybrid immunity. And of course, it's not perfect. People could still get infected. People can get reinfected. But It just means with this hybrid immunity at a population level, there's just fewer people who will get sick enough to go to hospital. Of course, this infection will continue to prey on elderly or vulnerable populations. We we can expect to see, you know, a rise in cases. It wouldn't be surprising if we saw that, including a bump in hospitalizations. Obviously, the hope is that it doesn't have the same degree of impact on our healthcare system that the initial Omicron wave did just this time last year. 
When you look at XBB 1.5, is there anything about it that uh, that is cause for alarm, considering it's part of the Omicron family? Is is it? uh, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but could we see this one reinfecting people who've obviously had many previous versions of this? Yeah, yeah, I think we we will see reinfection, and in fact, when you have most of the country and most of the planet infected already, you know, we're now we're in the world of most infections we're going to see are going to be reinfections. On top of that, this one has the ability to bind to a particular receptor we have in our body. It's called the ACE receptor. Uh, it has a pretty strong affinity for that. So uh, it, it does have characteristics that really make it, you know, a, 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 a sub-lineage of Omicron, a, a virus that can certainly cause infection and uh, spread of this infection. But I, again, I, I know that on the one hand, that sounds like we're not in for a pleasant ride. On the other hand, I think we have to remember too that, yeah, it still is Omicron. We've seen Omicron before. We've seen sub-lineages of Omicron before. We have vaccines that are very effective in protecting us against more severe manifestations of the virus. We have masks that we can use in indoor settings where the vast majority of the virus is transmitted that, that you know it doesn't matter what variant is circulating masks will will help we can improve the ventilation in indoor settings so basically what i'm trying to say is we have the tools for success we know how to protect ourselves how to protect communities and uh, and we can choose to use those tools to make sure that we don't have as rough a, a ride with this uh, with this sublineage of omicron I understand that China was another spot where XBB 1.5 is thought to be uh, prevalent. We don't know much about exactly what's happening there. How much of a concern is what's happening in China right now? And we know that COVID cases are growing there exponentially, it seems. We don't really know the numbers. When it comes to sort of the creation of new variants, such as the such as XBB. Sure. I mean, like it's a numbers game. And now the planet has 1.4 billion more people that are at risk of getting this infection and, and transmitting this infection. There's just more opportunities for variants to emerge. But based on what we know, and there has been some data sharing from China, contrary to popular belief, not a ton, but there has been some. And and some of the sequences of that have emerged from China recently demonstrate that the variants that are seen there are similar to the variants seen anywhere else in the world. So it doesn't appear, at least based on the limited data that's available, that there's anything new that's emerging from China. I think what's new is that they now have a massive population that's at risk of, of getting this infection. And certainly we can see just with the sheer number of people, there there certainly is a higher probability of more mutations and more variants. But regardless of where variants emerge, and they'll emerge elsewhere on the planet, this virus is going to continue to mutate. We we, we have the tools for success. We know how to protect ourselves and how to protect those around us with the tools that we already have. As we enter 2023, you know, uh, this time last year, I think people, even though um, we'd been in a pandemic for two years at that point, or just about, uh, people were still ready for one last push when it came to Omicron. Uh, This time, it feels like people are even less prepared to kind of buckle down than we were a year ago. Does that present any more challenges when it comes to a new variant, such as an XBB 1.5 that's out there uh, that seems to have a bit of of the same punch as Omicron? Yeah, I think it's... On the one hand, we are in a different place, and I think it's fair to acknowledge that. Like this time last year, we were in a really rough spot. Our healthcare system was stretched significantly with that first Omicron wave. And since that initial Omicron wave, we now have pretty significant hybrid immunity. We we really do. Most Canadians, the vast majority of Canadians have been vaccinated and infected and recovered from COVID-19. You know, since then, we've had two subsequent waves that, you know, Obviously, it's sad we don't want anyone to get infected, but the degree of healthcare utilization and death associated with those two subsequent waves 
were not nearly as big as what we've seen with prior waves. And the hope is that this is more of the same. You know, gradually, as we have more and more community level protection, community level immunity, we just see less and less impact of these waves. So hopefully we see that. But again, hope isn't a strategy. And that's why it's so important that people who are you know, at risk for more severe infection, like people at, on the older end of the spectrum or under, with underlying medical conditions, it's so important for them to have that booster vaccine. And, you know, I think it's in the absence of public health mandates, you know, you could reduce your risk of getting this infection by putting on a mask in a crowded indoor space where we know most of this virus is transmitted. Like there's simple things we can do to uh, reduce our chances of getting this infection and reduce our chances of severe manifestations of this virus. And I guess another new variant is always a reminder to take those precautions as well. Uh, Isaac Bogosh, as always, thank you. My pleasure.